up, dads? My name is Mark Savant, and welcome to episode four of the Act Dad podcast. In this podcast, we are discussing all things dads, needs, concerns, uh, celebrations, just all the things that it takes to be an awesome dad. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about something that's a little bit uncomfortable for a lot of people to talk about, but I think is super important as a father that you address it. What I'm referring to is money, finances, financial. In particular, I'm going to put an emphasis on life insurance, its importance, what it's useful for, and uh, what it means to you. I am not a financial advisor. Uh, however, uh, I am a licensed life insurance uh, representative and work in the life insurance industry, insurance industry in general, for about a decade now. So I've had a lot of conversations with fathers, parents, families about this topic. And I know that it's something that is very uncomfortable for a lot of people to discuss. Um, However, super important. If you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And it seems like all the time I'm reading things in the newspaper, seeing Kickstarters, having people reach out to me and whatnot, where an important family member passes away and the rest of the family members are stuck with huge medical expenses and, and what, it, what equates to financial ruin. I think of life insurance as being very, very important to a family financial structure. Um, and I'm not here to sell you life insurance, but I want to talk to you about some basic concepts and things that are important for dads to understand uh, as financial providers um, and as emotional providers. The last thing you want to do if you pass is to leave your family with not only the emotional distress, but the financial distress. So it's an important thing to talk about, and I'm glad you're here. We're going to get right into it. If you're concerned about your financial future, congratulations, you are a normal human being. You are doing the right thing. It's the people that don't worry about it. And let me rephrase it, not worry, but think about it, concerned about it, consider the consequences of of inaction. If you're not planning for the future, you're putting yourself in a situation where you or your family is going to fail. It's very important that you're having this conversation as early as possible, both with your spouse, family members, etc., financial planner, what have you. Um, but if, if you're not planning for the future, you're going to quickly find yourself in a bad spot. The thing about money is that there's a concept of compounding interest that takes place. And the longer you wait to think about putting your money in the right place, the less value you get out of your dollar. And in future episodes, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when I can get an expert on the program, an actual financial planner. Um, but in today's episode, I'm going to focus on just some some more broad topics and focus in a little bit more on life insurance, which is something that I'm an expert in personally. As a dad, you're going to have a lot of unique challenges uh, when it comes to finances. Most dads are going to be the breadwinners of their family. And if, if you're not, you're probably bringing home something. You have this... A lot of stress, really, that other men don't have, you know, whereas uh, uh, an average Joe is concerned about himself uh, primarily as a father, you have an obligation to protect your your family and your children, right? So not only are you protecting yourself, but you have to feed your family. You have to put a roof over their head. You need to provide them with warmth and utilities like water and electric and heat. Um, and at the same time, you even need to provide some sort of entertainment because, you know, a, a kid that has no sort of entertainment is just going to be bored and that that's no good either. But uh, you have a lot of unique challenges, not just for yourself, but uh, as an obligation to your family. 
these are current needs that are very important that you have to handle day in and day out. You go to work, you come home, you want to make sure that these basic needs are being met. As a father, you also need to consider your future needs, your future issues. So how is your kid going to pay for their college education? What about wedding planning? What about their first car? What about all the sports that they're going to be involved in or hobbies are going to be involved in? I'll tell you what, my daughter going on three is loves to dance. She just loves dancing. And we found some really nice, unique, cost-effective programs. But look, man, I've priced out the future expense of the dancing uh, hobby, and it is freaking expensive. It is very, very expensive. So, um, you know, I'm I'm thinking about ways and different strategies to put money away um, to cover these types of expenses, whether it's college prepaid or 529, um, various CDs or annuities that can I can put money into. But you have to be thinking about these future expenses and in yourself as well, right? Social Security, 401k, CDs. You want to make sure that you're ready for retirement. You want to make your money work, whether it's with bonds or stocks or mutual funds. You've got your IRA, your Roth IRA. Maybe you have money in real estate or Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. It, it can be a little bit staggering and, and scary in a way. So I think that it's important that you research, you think about it, and you're speaking with experts in the field. Again, I'm not a financial advisor, financial planner, so I don't really want to get into a lot of details there until I have an expert on the show who can kind of give some some more broad strokes and more precise advice, if you would. Um, I will say that I have a little bit of money in a lot of different places. I think diversification is important. But again, what I want to focus on a little bit more is where I can provide you as a father with the most value, and, and that's life insurance and some things that are important to consider. So life insurance is, in a lot of cases, an, a very uncomfortable conversation to have with someone. You know, nobody wants to talk about their death or the death of a loved one. You just don't want to talk about it. The problem is this. Everybody dies. It's a fact of life. You're going to die. It's going to happen someday. And if you don't have any sort of plan in place, that can lead to huge problems for your loved ones you leave behind. And as a father, if you're listening to this episode, you're a father who cares about their family and cares about his children. So if you are not having this conversation now, I promise you, you're going to be leaving your children and your family in a bad situation one day. When you die, it's it's going to be uncomfortable regardless from a emotional standpoint. You know, you're, you're leaving behind issues and, and challenges and sadness. But if you're leaving behind financial worries, it's just it's it's absolutely devastating. How you pay for the mortgage? Do you really want your wife to take out a second or third job just to pay the mortgage? It's it's a huge concern. So you really need to be thinking about it now. And I think a lot of people have misconceptions about life insurance and what it's there for, what it's supposed to be. Um, it Life insurance is not a product to put your wife or your kids in a mansion. Life insurance is a product to make sure that the bills can be paid, that basic needs can be met. You really need to ask yourself, how would my family survive? If I'm the primary breadwinner, if I'm bringing home, let's say, 80 grand a year, my wife's bringing home 20 grand a year, how does that work? When we subtract that 80 grand of income from the family, how's that going to work? Not only do they have to pay my final expenses, my burial costs, and all those expenses, which guess what? 
is a lot and will be a lot more in the future. But how are they going to pay the mortgage and the electric and the car insurance and the home insurance and, and whatnot? It's a big concern. And when we talk about insurance, a lot of people have concerns about expenses and misconceptions about how to set it up. But the way that I look at insurance in general is that there are certain insurances that you have to have. They're mandatory. You need to have them. You know, if you're going to drive a car, you need to have car insurance. If you own a home, you have to have home insurance. If you live in the United States, it's mandatory that you carry health insurance. So there's there's some insurance that's mandatory. And those insurances are the ones that should be handled first. Next, you want to start looking at your optional or the once. So health supplement insurance, disability insurance, uh, personal article insurance, like on a wedding ring or fancy bike, what have you, liability insurance and life insurance. These are all things that are not mandatory. You don't need to have them to survive day to day, um, but can be very nice. So or very important. You need to put all your insurances in the perspective of budget, okay? You don't want to become insurance poor. You don't want to have all this insurance over all these different things and then you end up not being able to pay anything or suffering a low quality of life. You need to set up your insurance and coverage in a way that is manageable, that fits your budget, but also prioritizes your highest needs first and then goes down the line. Same thing, insurance gets more more deep than what type of insurance I need. You can talk about how much insurance, but prioritizing your your most important needs in your budget is the key. Uh, because again, insurance is not some, a lot of insurance is not something that you absolutely need, but you want or should have. So assuming that you have some, you've worked out your budget and you know that there is some money that you need to put into life insurance, is a general rule of thumb, you want to have enough insurance in place to cover five years of income, okay? Now, again, it's it's probably important that you speak to someone who's knowledgeable about your specific situation when it comes to life insurance. But again, in today's episode, I want to talk about general concepts so you can at least go into that meeting, go into that conversation with some general uh, idea of what's important, what your needs are. So, if you're the primary breadwinner of their home, or maybe your wife's the primary breadwinner of the home, you want to make sure that you're able to replace five years of income. So taking my previous example um, of a wife making 20K a year, she'd probably want to have about 100000 worth of life insurance because, again, you want to s- support that five years of income. If you're making 80K a year, you probably want to have about four hundred to 500000 in life insurance. You want to be able to replace five years of, years of income as an average. At the same time, you also want to make sure that when you're age 90 and you pass away, your final expenses are covered. One of the common questions or issues that I have with clients is they say, okay, I have life insurance through work, or I have life insurance through the government, through my social security. So these are excellent and they certainly should be factored into your life insurance decision However, there's a couple things to keep in mind. A, you really don't want to put your eggs in the Social Security basket because is that going to be there in 30 years? Man, I don't know. The way the government spends money and funds Social Security, you now want to put your eggs in that basket. I think of Social Security as a nice to have. I hope it's there. But the way that the government's being run right now, um, at least in the United States, I would not put all my eggs in that particular basket. The second item on work life insurance 
is another really nice to have can be excellent, but you really need to understand what you have in place. A lot of times that life insurance won't be with you when you leave that job. So if you retire, or you leave to go to another company, you lose that life insurance. Other times the life insurance is not sufficient to actually protect your loved ones. In some cases, the life insurance that you get through work It's not actually your life insurance policy. It's the company's policy that they have in place to make sure that if you die, they can replace you. So while having life insurance through work is excellent and a great perk, you just want to make sure that you understand and know what you have. So assuming we've looked at all that and you're going in to meet with an agent or talk to someone over the phone, what have you. And you realize that you need insurance for yourself, for your loved one, uh, your spouse what have you. Um, There's in general three major types of insurances. Now look, there's tons of different augmentations, but when you take out a policy, I think the most important thing is for you to be comfortable and understand what you have. This is key. There's a lot of different tricks and riders and benefits and extras that can be added on a lot of augmentations. It's just important that you understand what you have in place. You want to understand a, what you're protecting B, how does that protection work, right? Is it paid out in one lump sum? Is it paid out over a perpetuity or an annuity over time? Um, is it going to evaporate? How long does it last? Is there like a vanishing deductible? There's all these different things to think about. So you just want to make sure that you understand what you have. One of the types of policies that I really like for breadwinners, um, main breadwinners of the households is, is term insurance. And there's a few reasons why. A, very simple to understand. In its most basic form, it's if I die, X amount is going to be paid out to my spouse or my child or my aunt, my uncle, whoever you choose. Um, But term insurance is great because it's very simple to understand. In most cases, it's going to be you're going to be able to afford a large policy. So term insurance is the best way to protect income because it's in large part very affordable. You can get a lot of insurance for a little amount of money. It is temporary. So you need to understand that term insurance is not going to last you to age 100. It's not going to last you forever. It's typically going to last you about 10, 20, or 30 years. So you need to say, okay, let's say you're 30 years old. You plan to work till 60. That's when you're going to be your primary source of income for your family. You might want to have a 30-year policy so that you can protect that income over that 30-year period. Uh, But again, this is a term policy is excellent for having a large benefit that can protect the breadwinner of the family for a set period of time. You're not going to need a half million or million dollars in life insurance when you're 80 years old, because conceivably by that time, you've already got other financial products in place to protect you. You've got, you know, your IRA and, um, you know, your stocks and bonds and your perpetuities, your mutual, that that type of thing is starting to pay off and you're able to cover bills at that time. So what we're looking at for term insurance is, hey, I'm 40 years old. I'm bringing home $100,000 a year. I die. My family loses the home. They end up on the streets or renting an apartment and my wife is working two or three jobs. And, you know, these are the type of thing that you're protecting with term insurance. Um, again, the, the concern or the problem with term insurance is it only lasts a set period of time. There's no cash value. 
that builds up with it. But what's great about it is I'm protecting my income for X amount of years and I'm locking in a rate today. I think the term insurance is very, very important. It, albeit crucial to any household. Um, and again, you can pick it up at a, it, typically a pretty reasonable rate depending on your health. The next major type of life insurance is whole life insurance. Whole life insurance offers a different set of benefits, right? So conceivably, it works the same way. If you die during the, the period of time the policy is in place, the death benefit is going to be paid out to your beneficiary. Again, loved one, spouse, child, what have you. The benefit of whole life insurance is that basically lasts forever. It lasts to age 100 in most cases. And it also builds up cash value over time. So every time you put in a dollar, it's going to put a portion of that into a little bank account, if you would. And again, this is something you want to talk to your your life insurance uh, representative about specifics. But again, it builds up cash value over time. So the benefit of a whole life policy is you could start it while you're young at a low price. But by the time that you're 60, 70, 80 years old, you still have that life insurance in place, but it's also built up a cash value. So I've had situations in time where a client needs extra money or extra cash. They can sometimes either borrow against the cash value that's accrued in that whole life policy, or they can borrow against it in the form of a loan. In some cases, it builds up a dividend, which can be cashed out as well. So there's a lot of advantages from a financial standpoint. Whenever I have this conversation with clients, they're always like, all right, I want whole life insurance. I need it. That's, that's what I want. The challenge, again, is that it's a lot more expensive. You're going to have you're going to be paying maybe five to ten times as much for a whole life policy as you would a term policy. So in most cases, I recommend some sort of combination of whole life and in term insurance. So you can have term insurance to protect your income and whole life insurance to be there when you're age 80 on your deathbed, you pass away. All right. So again, having some combination of the both is, is typically preferable. And then another major type of life insurance policy is going to be like a universal policy or universal life. And these come under different names. Again, very important that you understand your policy, but typically universal life policy is a combination. It's a combination of term and whole life. Again, these are very, these can be very complicated. And there's a lot of different augmentations, but the basic premise is that as you pay into the policy, it's going to it's going to accrue cash value like a whole life policy. It's going to last hopefully forever, but it also has a term function in that you can buy more insurance for a lower cost. Here's the trick with universal life insurance. It doesn't have a stable premium. So we're talking about term insurance and whole life insurance. Those typically have a stable premium. You lock in the policy when you're young, when you're in your 20s or 30s, you lock in the price today and you're locked in forever or until the end of that policy. Universal life policies don't work that way. Universal policies, you lock in a price day one, but every year the cost of insurance is going to increase. Okay. So, what's important in these types of policies is that you're overfunding them when you're young. And then as you get older, and as that overfunding accrues more cash value and accrues more interest and gains over time, at a certain point, you can kind of set it and forget it. Because because you've overfunded it when you were younger, 
the policy can pay for itself when you're older because there's there's this kind of like cash value. There's this pot of gold, if you would, inside the policy. I don't want to go into a ton of detail over how this works because there's a lot of specifics and a lot of numbers, but universal life insurance can be excellent. The key is that you're funding it and overfunding it when you're young. If you're just paying the minimum amount due while you're younger, the problem with universal life insurance is that it tends to eat itself away to a point where it's not there when you need it. So it can be very valuable, but you want to make sure that you're speaking with someone that's knowledgeable, that understands it and can explain it to you and that you understand it. I really think it's a bad idea in, in general for you to have insurance that you don't understand. It's, it's just really important. And with a lot of things, I, I mean, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to go to school, but you need to understand, okay, if I were to pass away at this time, this is how much it would pay out. If I continue putting this much into it, this is how much it's going to accrue. This is how much cash value it's going to accrue over time. So it's really important that you understand what you're paying for. Um, the worst conversation you're going to have is you buy a policy and then 20 years down the road, it's not doing for you what you think it's going to do and it, and it doesn't work out. So it's really important that you understand and maintain the policy that you put in place. This is one of the reasons why I really like a combination of simple term insurance. It's really simple to understand it. It lasts you, again, X amount of years. If you die during that time, it pays out your death benefit, period. You pay the bill each month. You're locked in at a rate when you're young. Whole life insurance is also pretty straightforward. I lock in my rate when I'm young. I pay the bill each month, and it's going to be there when I, when I pass away eventually. If I need money out of it, it's going to accrue cash value over time. So having some sort of mixture of those, I think, is one of the best ways to go. As a, as a father, you also might consider, if you have expendable income, putting something into place on your child as well. And in kind of following those concepts that we were talking about before, whole life insurance is generally what you want to put on a child because a they're they're very young they're very inexpensive to insure you lock them in on a rate when they're young now whole life insurance is good because it's going to last them the next hundred years and it's going to build up cash value so maybe by the time they're 30 or 40 or 50 they don't need it for whatever reason they can cash it in there's going to be value in there so i don't want to go a ton into this topic just because of time constraints but Whole life insurance on children is another very important thing, I think, to consider, uh, especially on newborns. Think about insurance all works on a risk-based premium model. So a 60-year-old is, is more likely to die tomorrow than a one-year-old just based on health and numbers. So buying life insurance or whole life insurance on a one-year-old is a lot cheaper than buying whole life insurance on a 60 year old something to consider something to think about and the sooner you get your money to work the better so if you haven't had this conversation or thought about it you need to be thinking about is that something that makes sense for my child you 100 percent should have insurance on yourself and on your breadwinner of your household because if you don't and that person passes away you are cruising for a bruising. You're going to screw yourself. You have to talk about it. You have to think about it. Your child, I think, is something that's good to think about, but maybe not as high up on the totem pole of the needs-based approach as getting in protection for yourself so your family can survive. Just to kind of summarize, this is not a comfortable conversation that a lot of people have or want to have, but if, if you're not having this conversation, if you're not planning for it, it's it can... I've just seen families ruined by it. It, it. It's really painful to think about it 
because I, quite frankly, I've just seen families fail. You know, father was making a hundred thousand a year. He dies. Now the mom just does. He doesn't have the money to pay the bills, and you know they lose the home. They got to move back in with the grandparents if you're lucky. I mean, it just things can deteriorate very, very rapidly. If if someone passes away, there's going to be emotional distress that comes with that. Don't add financial distress onto that as well. Have a conversation. Get involved. Uh, if, if you're not already, you can certainly get involved with the Act Dad movement, uh, whether it's in our Facebook group or on Instagram or on Twitter. You feel free to DM and reach out to me at any time. I'm more than happy to have a conversation or at least lead you in the right way. Um, I'm not creating this podcast so that I can sell you life insurance. That is not my goal. My goal is for you to go home tonight, sit down and think about it. To have an honest conversation with yourself, to think about what would my family do if I was to pass away? Because as fathers, we have a responsibility to our little ones and to our family to make sure they're taken care of. I believe that. And if you're listening to this, you believe that as well. So look, dad's making an awesome day. Thank you for listening and your support. Uh, I am just can't tell you how excited I am about this podcast, about the Act of Dad movement. I've been talking with hundreds and hundreds of fathers on a daily and weekly basis, and I really feel that we're doing something special here. So keep listening. There's more awesome stuff happening. Uh, if you haven't already, get involved in the Act of Dad movement, either on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And in the meantime, make an awesome day. Please, if you have questions, if you're talking to someone that doesn't sound and they're saying something doesn't sound right, please reach out to me. I'm happy to answer your questions. I've dedicated my life to empowering, supporting and celebrating dads just like you. So welcome to the movement. I appreciate your time. Make it a great day. Peace.